What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the other side of the firewall podcast. We're talking about the latest and greatest of cybersecurity news, as well as we highlight those movers and shakers at glass cylinder breakers, those people of color who made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall. My name is Ryan Williams, and this week I'm joined by Chris Avocon. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back. Yes, sir. So Chris is back. Um, Shannon is on a much-needed vacation with the fam, so definitely continue to tune in throughout the week. So Monday, Tuesday are topics, Wednesday discussion. Thursday will be a throwback, so you'll you'll see something from the archives, right? We have over, I think we're over 470 episodes, 480 episodes. Um, and then Friday, everything else, so movies, books, games, all that good stuff. Uh, with that being said, today's topic or discussion, I should say, uh, comes from World Economic Forum. Um, so weform.org. Uh, the title of the article is FBI warns of dual ransomware attacks and other cybersecurity news to know this month. So this is their, their kind of monthly wrap up. I wanted to specifically pick out the, uh, the first topic, right? So uh, the U.S. companies face dual ransomware risk. Um, says the FBI. So the, the Federal Bureau of Investigations is warning companies in the United States to be alert to the risk of dual ransomware attacks in which the same organization is targeted more than once in quick succession. So we have talked a lot about MGM and Caesar Palace over the past couple of weeks. In the past, we've talked about the Colonial Pipeline. We've talked about JPS. Um, I mean, is the hit list is, keeps, keeps going on and on and on. Um, uh, recently was the Sony breach. So Sony uh, has admitted that they have been breached. Um, it's just not as significant as their previous one. I don't know if you remember that, Chris. Uh, I was in, I was active duty. I, I was at my second assignment when PSN went down. Sony was was breached so bad they pulled the plug on uh, the play, PlayStation Network. I, I do remember, remember that. that. I do down, remember that. Down for a long time. Like so, now if that were to happen, like that was at the 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 beginning of Xbox Live and PSN and all that other stuff that were happening today, that is millions, if not billions of dollars because they were down right. for weeks. Um, but um, I, I bring that up because we didn't have an article for that one uh, this week, but I found it very interesting that it was Move It again. So Move It has caused the Sony breach. And we talked about Move It um, in the past being um, uh, the DOD, the federal government and hospitals. Like So John Hopkins is being sued right now because of their breach. And PII, and that was all based on Move It as well. So Move It strikes again. But um, I, I kind of digress from that, right? I just want to bring it up uh, to say we're not ignoring all of this stuff that's happening. It's just a lot of the same type of breach. So that's why we haven't brought it up. But in this case, um, it's kind of a warning to companies that hey, if you've been impacted by a breach and you uh, you've either decided to pay the ransom or not pay the ransom, they may double down on you. Right, they may come right back at you. So, um, uh, I what? How do you feel about this, Chris? I mean, it, it is very one. It should be definitely concerning for companies, but it's, it's definitely it's 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 definitely very malicious to kick somebody while they're down. That's kind of how I see the dual cyber, or at least the dual ransomware attacks. Because when they see companies are slow to react to these uh, mitigations or these potential areas to prepare, or just like uh, implement controls, they'll just, they're, they're going to come back for more. And uh, it, within the link, right, there's actually a link to the actual pri in the private industry notification. Um, and I wanted to go ahead and talk about like the FBI's 
recommendations for preparing for cybernetics. Oh, yeah, so these specifically, not specific order, but they talk about maintaining offline backups for data. So offline backups, not necessarily that, not necessarily within uh, an on-premise, but somewhere else, right? Somewhere offline, off offline, offsite, somewhere else where they can go and access data and get it back just in case. So um, a lot of that can be done via the cloud or for you know bigger organizations a lot of them might have their own private clouds or on-premise on solutions right so then we, we can talk about warm sites cold sites things like that for data breach but then again how have companies prepare have they prepared for a ransomware breach have they have they done the due diligence and you know done tabletops right they have they ran through simulations of this have they done a full interruption of their normal business processes and operations and then gone, gone to a backup solution, right? So um, that is, a again, I keep harping on expenses, but that is an expensive and very costly uh, venture for any company. Like, but versus, you know, working with the government, it's a lot of it's mandated at, at the time and they actually plan for these events. But when you, when you, um, or a company like just trying to make money specifically smaller companies, you're not going to care about this kind of stuff. Like, Hey, how can we get back online and continue to do business? Um, another one they talk about is ensure all backup data is encrypted, encrypted and immutable. And then review, here's a big one, review the security posture of third party vendors and those interconnected with your organization. So a lot of things we're hearing now is, you know, supply chain risk management, right? So on the larger scale, right. Um, when you talk about one thing, like let's for, let's take for example, just your laptop, right? How what how many components within that laptop are made by an outside vendor or have gone through some type of supply chain that's not within the purview or control of your organization, right? So vetting these third parties, ensuring that your contractors are um, you know of a trustworthy nature, sending them those questionnaires. Those are all the things that uh, responsible companies need to be doing. But again, um, it's 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 difficult. You know, it's difficult when you know somebody's when people are trying to you know watch out for their bottom line. They're going to go with that cheaper vendor that may not have a lot of these security controls in place. Um, and then another one they got is implement listing policies for applications and remote access that only allow systems to execute known and permitted programs, right? So whitelisting of applications, you know, whitelisting of programs, that's more line with like a, like a SIM. They've, they've got a lot of managed or um, security providers that do stuff like this for companies. But again, it's expensive, right? I keep coming back. This is kind of my, uh, I'm beating the dead horse here, but cybersecurity is not cheap. Right. right. And but it's it, upfront cost versus the double right. you've been hit. Right. So I think like not not to be a fear monger. But yeah. <laughs> when it comes to doing your, your business impact assessment, right? Your BIA. Right. Like how much are we going to yeah. up front versus how much are we going to suffer on the back end? Oh yeah. I mean for sure, right? Because I don't think uh I don't think dollars are a dead horse at all I <laughs> think you know right, they, right. it matters in the, at the end of the day I mean I mean if if uh senior leaders out there need to show them you know single loss expectancy figures you know you know they gotta do that risk analysis yeah, they'll a lot of them will find I mean 
there are solutions out there that are somewhat cost effective versus implementing your own, you know, on-premise SIM, right? You're, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can be relegated to the cloud, right? So definitely, I hope that a lot of companies are doing their jobs out there actually implementing these types of solutions. And then another preparing incident recommendation was document and monitor external remote connections. Again, kind of with the, um, along the lines of the software, uh, supply chain risk management yeah. but in this yeah. case no, external matter. connections well yeah. everything everything matters everything is connected via some type of web right the world is complicated but so are companies right as they grow yeah yeah definitely uh, uh, i think a lot of people get lost in logs and i think and we, we talked about it in the last episode i think a lot of a lot of this um uh, uh paralysis through analysis will be solved through the addition of AI, not replacing people, but because people still need to execute and still have um, the ability to discern between a threat and not a threat better than uh, a machine can uh, for now anyway. But uh, most importantly, uh, it'll be an augmentation tool because human beings are, uh, can be overwhelmed by logs, like logs are necessary. Like you said, you need to have a, a log of your external connections. So you know what the baseline is, right? You know what right looks like. Uh, and machines are really good at picking up patterns and uh, be able to parse through data. Uh, human beings just don't have that um, uh, capacity to the same um, extent as AI. So I think their AI buddy, whether whether it be co-pilot or whatever comes on the pipe, will be um, able to help with that. And then the retention of, of logs has always been a pain as well, right? People like to purge them. Um, because there's a lot of data and I, I didn't I didn't parse through it anyway. So like just having the data doesn't do anything for me. It's the ability to have the, the, the data and then the discern uh, a lot of D's right there. Uh, if it's <laughs> important or not important. Um, so I think all of that kind of ties as well. So you have to have a solution that not only pulls the data, saves the data, helps you parse the data, but then your backup of your, your logs is also gonna be important uh, for the future. Because in the article it says that most attacks uh, happen within 48 hours of the first, but it could be last up to as long as 10 days, right? Because if they're already an assistant, uh, per, per, a, a was adaptive persistent attack? I forget what the uh, the acronym is, but oh, a, already, a, uh, advanced persistent uh, threat, yeah, advanced or... persistent attack. Like so, they're already in there, right? And they're able to pivot or move laterally, laterally between systems, or even escalate and um, upgrade their privileges. Uh, who's to say they're not still lurking in the machine, right? So you need threat hunters and things of that nature to be able to find these these things. So that way, a week down the line, when you finally feel like you're getting back on your feet, you're not punched in the face again. Um, and that's kind of what the FBI is is saying, like, hey, um, these are just the timeframes that we see, right? This is the most common, it's 48, but we've seen up to 10 days later, they, uh, you know, the, the culprit come back um, mm -hmm. because either you, you you didn't feed them or you did feed them. Um, and they're they're ready to uh, to extract more from you um, than they they did the uh, the first time around. So and you may be more susceptible to pay right after you you uh, either not paid or paid. Uh, you just like I got to get back online. Like uh, in the case of a, a trillion dollar company, right? Can you last ten days? Can Amazon be down for ten days? I don't know. Like I don't that that would be they would hemorrhage billions of dollars. So. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought this was a, a really cool uh, article, so I want to bring up the discussion, um, just because we talk about it a lot, but um, to see that the, the FBI double down and say, no, this does happen, 
people do come back <laughs> to right. uh, to cause more damage. And I like they published, hey, this is what you guys need to do, yeah. right? It's like keep yeah, all like, your software, disable unused ports, right? Disable hyperlinks and emails, like basic stuff. But like, you know, a lot of a lot of places don't think about the basics, right? Right. right. And these, are, these are free tools, right? Like you pay a consultant a lot, a lot of money to tell you these things and help you implement them. Uh, but the the um, the Department of Justice, uh, as well as the the current and previous administrations, have been trying to make these tools free to you, right? You have your scissors, you have your uh, your FBI's. Um, uh, we talked about it earlier, where it was a joint publication. Like, here's the top ten things, right? Like, there's a lot of tools out there for you and your team uh, and resources to start getting you on track before you need to bring in professionals to help you, um, you know, potentially. Uh, either solidify these things or help you build your tech, tech, your your TTPs or your your policy and things of that nature, right? These are just things that you, as you know, a small business to medium sized business, um, can just start to adapt now. So, but thank you, Chris. I thought this was a really good discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, continue to tune in throughout the week. Some Monday, Tuesday are discussions. So if you have not already, please go back and uh, hear us talk about the. Um, the, the joint NSA, uh, CISA, red team, blue team, um, and their top 10 cybersecurity misconfigurations. On Tuesday, we talked about the Rochester Institute of Technologies uh, cybersecurity clinic and how they're getting more funds from Google for the good work they're doing. And then on Friday, we talked about everything else, movies, books, games, all that stuff. I forgot to mention earlier in the, uh, the, the week, I will be at the 2023 CyberX Tampa Bay event, and it's on October 24th. Um, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. I'll be on a panel, so please come see me if you have um, the uh, the ability to do so, right? So uh, I'll be talking about the uh, cybersecurity myths we tell ourselves. That's the, the uh, panel I'm on. So I'm excited to uh, have that discussion and then answer people's questions. So check us out. Um, with that being said, you can check out Chris on LinkedIn. We'll have the link in the description. You can hit me up. Personally, I'm at RyRy Security Guy. That's R-Y-R-Y Security Guy. You can find me on Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Threads. Stay safe, stay secure.